Hello, everyone. My name is Heidi Kumjan, and I'm your host of Lifelong Podcast. This is a show all about non-toxic living and longevity, and I'm on a mission to make non-toxic living easy and accessible for all. Today, it is episode 66, and I have a guest returning for round two. Her name is Alicia Pope. Alicia is a holistic health coach, Pilates trainer, the host of the Purely podcast, and the founder of Purely You, a virtual home for becoming the best version of Purely You through motivational health coaching and body-loving Pilates. She believes that our mindset impacts our wellness more than anything and teaches wellness through the lens of self-love, helping women feel confident in their ability to take care of themselves. After years of being at war with her body, She's finally found out that being on the same team is where the most impactful mind and body transformation takes place. And I'm so honored to have her here today because we are going to be talking about her pregnancy and her twins. She is the mom of two beautiful baby twin girls. And in this episode, she is going to teach everyone about twins, the different kinds of twins, We're going to be talking about toxic mommy culture and what to do about it, loving your body through motherhood, and so much more. So please join me in welcoming Alicia Pope for round two. Long time no see, Alicia. I know. I'm so excited to be back recording with you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and see you. You're one of my OG, like I say, my OG wellness friends back to the Hello Wellness days. But a little (laughs) bit has changed since definitely we have recorded last. And you are a new mom to two beautiful twin girls. And they are a little over two months. Is that right? Yeah. 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 They'll be, they were just 11 weeks yesterday. So yeah. So crazy. I'm looking forward to chatting about the show is all about non-toxic living and longevity. The last time you came on, we talked about toxic mindsets and things like that. And today we'll be talking more about toxic mommy culture, which I am super pumped to be talking about because I don't know a ton about it because I haven't been immersed into that world yet without being a mom yet, but I'm familiar enough and just know how sick our society can be. So just looking forward to chatting about that. But before we get into all of that, the body of the episode, going back to you, how has that been going? What have been your non-negotiables for navigating new momhood? It's been honestly like such a whirlwind. And I will say right off the bat, like we have been so lucky to have such supportive family because everybody always asks me, oh, did you know you were going to have twins? Did they run in the family? Absolutely not. And I think that this is a part of the toxic mommy culture that I think that It's interesting when you're pregnant or when you have babies or whatever, it feels like you're not allowed to complain ever or you're not allowed to say anything that's just not 100 percent positive. And that's like a weird 
dichotomy, I think, because it's no, you're allowed to feel two things. And to be completely honest, when we found out that we were having twins, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Like I haven't even been a mom before. Now I'm going to have to take care of two infants. Like this is crazy. And of course, like I, at this point, I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I am obsessed and so in love with both of my daughters. But At first, like we were scared. We were so overwhelmed. We're like, oh my gosh. And there was a lot of stuff around my pregnancy at first too, where they thought it was like a different type of twins where they shared a sac and a placenta, which is called mono twins and which was like super high risk and could have been high risk for me and the girls. And so it was like, there was a lot of like emotions going on like early on in pregnancy. And so I think that in terms of adjusting to like new mom life and having our baby girls, it's like, it's been so fun to navigate, but it's definitely been a journey. But I can't imagine. I mean, I have a lot of new mom friends that I've met like online or in different Facebook groups and things mm-hmm. like that. And specifically twin mom friends, because that's like a whole nother, you know, like layer mm-hmm. to motherhood too, is the twin mom mm-hmm. thing of, okay, no, you don't just have one, but you have two. And one of my friends, like, she's, like, her husband's already back at work. Like, she doesn't have anybody there, like, helping her really. And I'm, like, you are a little literal angel and saint because Nick and I Mm -hmm. have, like, barely had to be alone with the girls by ourselves. And so we've been super lucky to have family here helping us. But I think that it's been my favorite era of my life yet. That's for sure. It's, like, the most rewarding thing. And motherhood, in a way, has really been able to just make clear what is important and what isn't like really like my priorities are so clear and also like my level for like my tolerance level for any sort of like bs or anything that like really isn't serving me has gotten so much lower in a weird way it's like you know like where it's like i'm so laser focused on what matters and what doesn't anymore and motherhood has really been able to help me do that And it's interesting, too, like another little piece of things that I've been like dealing with in motherhood and trying to figure out is, of course, it's still doing the things that I love and not feeling guilty about that. I remember when I first started like working out or when I first started working again, right after the girls were born, it's I I felt guilty for being away from them, but I had to keep telling myself, no, this is good for them to see me working on my business or me taking time for myself to take care of myself. And I think that so often moms can feel really guilty about those sorts of things. And so that's something that I've definitely been like working on mentally as well. And that's been like a really big hurdle that I'm like trying to work through. But overall, it's I think it's like I said, it's my favorite role that I've ever had. And I was so nervous about certain things like the sleep, the sleep deprivation or things like that. But it's so different then. And I will say like on the positive note for anybody that's about to be like a new mom or that's like thinking about maybe having kids or whatever. I think so many people always say like the just wait, like when you're pregnant, people always Mm. be like, oh, get your sleep now. You think you're exhausted now. Just wait till the newborn phase or whatever. And there's like a lot of negativity around it. And one of the things that I saw, I had never been more exhausted in my entire life than I was in my third trimester Mm. of pregnancy. I was carrying like 13 pounds of baby. But it's like, I like, There was no amount of sleep that I could get that would make me feel energized. And that first, Mm -hmm. like, that, like, fourth trimester, what they call it, and I'm still technically in the fourth trimester, but 
the fourth trimester, it's so funny because I'm like, yes, you are sleep deprived, but like coffee can help with that. And and also, but you have these two little humans or one little human that you are like waking up for that makes it so worth it. Nick and I will always say we would never trade this for the world. Like I I would, I don't mind waking up for them. No matter how tired I am, like I can get out of bed, I can hear it. And that was something I was so nervous about because I'm somebody that I'm like, I so value my sleep and I'm somebody that was always like cranky. If I didn't get enough sleep, I'll call myself out on that. And I that has been something that I've been like, yeah, that I've been like pleasantly surprised about being able to handle the sleep deprivation stuff. So I would say all in all, it's like I said, it's my favorite role yet, but I there's a lot. It's figuring it out every day. And I think like knowing that my intuition is correct over there's so many books out there. That's something else, too, that like we can mm-hmm. dive into. There's so many schools of thought. There's so many methods. There's so many books. There's so many opinions. Mm-hmm. And our parents didn't really have yeah. that. Yes, there was like one or two books, but they didn't have like thousands of blogs or people on TikTok or Instagram or whatever sharing mm-hmm. all of like the things that they think are yeah. right. Like they were just like, we just figured it out and we did it. And that's where I almost feel like it's lost a little bit in our generation. It's almost like you feel like you have to follow something else. And something that has helped me is really just diving it back into like my intuition, how I have with like my movement or my food and things like that. And going back to know like, I know what's best for my girls and I know what works for them. Like I can take what works and leave what doesn't just like how I have with myself too. And they're not like little robots. Like they're going to, it's not like they have to fit like one specific like schedule or feeding thing or whatever. Like I should listen to them over like some book thing too. And just like listening to my intuition and trusting that too has been like a huge thing for me. I am so glad that you bring up that intuition and just like the mindset stuff and everything about you and everything I know about you and just our previous recordings and your personal brand. Like you have done so much work to have such a healthy mindset and outlook and it is so evident that it's serving you in motherhood and motherhood to twins and it's also so encouraging to hear that because I think a person who there are a lot of people that are thinking about having kids but there's a lot of anxiety and thinking about Mm -hmm. everything that can potentially make someone anxious and you were just so vulnerable and saying I so value my sleep I can be really cranky but you're like it's working Mm -hmm. it's okay like I'm getting by just fine and I am in my favorite era that is that is so cool despite anxiety and overwhelm you can still have such a beautiful time which is good good to hear yeah yeah I have a lot of follow-ups because you just shared a lot of just amazing insight and you also answered I know I went all over the place you answered (laughs) some of my other questions with the pregnancy going backwards a little bit you found out about the twins did you say that they were a type of like there was a confusion yeah so there's a couple different types of twins like I've learned so much about twins like before like by by now that I've had twins Mm -hmm. too that I had absolutely no idea about before so Basically, there's multiple different types. So there's there can be mono where they share an amniotic sac and then they also share a placenta. So that's like the highest risk of twins. And it's also the most rare type mm. of twins, too. 
So because they are in the same placenta, so it's like they can get wrapped around each other's umbilical cords. They can take the nutrients from each other. There can, there's a higher risk for this thing called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. And there also, too, is a very high likelihood that like starting within like the end of your second trimester, if you make it that far, you have to be on bed rest 100%. Like you have to have a C-section. There's just like all these things around it. And a lot of people choose to like some doctors, like even my doctor told me sometimes people choose to do a selective termination and which is like so crazy too, where it's because if they're not going to be viable babies and things like that, because they do, they find out. So I went at seven weeks. So it was like, it was very early on. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like to hear all of that when you're like expecting to go to your first appointment and be like, oh my gosh, I just get your first ultrasound. And we were like, Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like I left and I was like bawling my eyes Mm -hmm. out for four days because I was just like, I was like so overwhelmed. I was so upset. I was like, why can't this just be like, like a healthy, like pregnancy is I just want like a healthy baby Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so basically because of our travel schedule, that's why I went at seven weeks. But then I was able to go back at 10 weeks. And because it was so early on, they couldn't see the the separation of the two mm. sacs. So then, so it wasn't ever like the mono. They just diagnosed okay. it as the mono twins because they didn't see the separation in the sacs. But he did tell me he's, there is a chance that we're just not mm. seeing like that separation right wow. now. And I was like, okay. So then when we, so I was just basically like for three weeks, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And also not to mention like in twin pregnancies, like you have even more like hormones, right? right? Like understandably. And so you're even more like nauseous. You're even Mm -hmm. more, it's like you're feeling Mm -hmm. everything. And so I was so sick too on top of all of that. And I like just didn't really feel like myself because I like, I didn't have the energy to like really move much. And I was just like, I was just sleeping so, so much. And I like, I couldn't really eat how I normally eat. Like I just, I like couldn't even look at a vegetable. Like I was just like not in the best shape. And then when we went back at 10 weeks, he told us, so like great news, there is the two sacks. Like I see the separation. So then he noticed that it was like mono dye twins, which means there's still one placenta, but there's two amniotic sacs, which is a little bit better because they are separated. And so they still are a higher risk type of twins than fraternal twins, which is two placentas, two sacs. So they're like completely separate. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the identical twins, the monodi twins, which is the type that like Callie and Capri are, they share the ones, the one placenta and then the two sacs. Mm. And with that too, it's like then throughout the pregnancy, which I honestly didn't mind at all. It's, I just had much more frequent visits. So I went to a maternal fetal medicine doctor along with my OB. And that's where we did like 3D scans essentially okay. like every two weeks because they monitor them super closely because there are so many risks with twins and they're, it's considered a high risk pregnancy. So that was something I was like, oh my gosh, like this yeah. is this is wild. This is crazy. But so then that's where a lot of my mindset stuff came in where I was just like, okay, I have to like release mm-hmm. the control about this because right away, like my doctor was like, you're most likely going to have a C-section. There's We're hoping that we can get to 36, 37 weeks, but like you might need to deliver early. Just like all these different yeah. things. And they, it's, it's not like they tell you all the risks to scare you, mm-hmm. but it's, I really liked my one doctor. Like he was very... It was very like straightforward with stuff. He's okay. Like my first visit with like the high risk doctor, he was like, all right, so I'm going to tell you everything you're going to find online. I'm going to tell you all the things that can go wrong. 
And I'm telling you them not to scare you, but just so that you don't go and freak out when you read it online. He's these are all the things that can happen, but like we're monitoring for them. And we have the best doc. If this happens, this is what we'll do. We have the best doctor in the world for this. And and so he reassured us, even though it was like, here's all the doomsday things, but here's the plan of action if so, too. Yeah. So that was helpful. So that was like the type of that's like what we found out early on, wow. which was like super overwhelming and a lot to deal with, too, because we hadn't told our families at that point either, because so we early. live in California, like Nick's family's in Philly. Mine, mine was in Florida and Chicago and San Diego. And so. We wanted to tell everybody in person at the same time. And so we were waiting. We had a trip to Florida like in October, at the end of October. And so that's when we like waited and we found out like at the end of September. So it was like we were waiting a long time mm. to to tell anybody. So it's not like we had that many people. And that's like a whole nother thing. Sorry for the tangent, that's but that's a whole nother thing that I think I had talked about a little bit, too, is that. It's so interesting with pregnancy where it's like they say, don't tell anybody till 12 weeks or whatever because you have the risk for a miscarriage or you have there's like a lot of risks within that first 12 mm -hmm. weeks. And but it's so interesting, too, because I personally felt like so isolated mm -hmm. and I was going through this super, super stressful time where it was probably like one of the harder things I went through emotionally just dealing mm -hmm. with that. And I was told not to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. It's obviously you can do whatever you want to do. But I also wanted to have that like special experience of if it did turn out to be a healthy pregnancy that I could share it with my family and my friends like in a fun way too. So it was just like me and Nick and like our little bubble knowing this information that we were like super stressed about mm -hmm. and just trying to stay positive. But that's like an interesting thing too. I think having the second I was able to tell my family and friends like in person it was so helpful because like their positivity and like their like reassurance was really helpful for us too, That's awesome. which was great. Yeah, I am learning so much about twins right now and really just appreciate you sharing <laughs> all of that and opening up. And I know that you did a series too on your podcast about your pregnancy. I listened to a few of those. I should go back and to the rest of them, especially when I get yeah. closer to wanting to start a family. but. With yes. all of that, I imagine the anxiety. I'm a naturally anxious person, and I just can't imagine that level of anxiety and, like, the feeling of isolation. But at least you had the best of the best doctors, a supportive husband. Yeah. But, yeah, were there any—you have the mindset thing down. Were there any other specifics that you were doing to just— stay positive or stay distracted or just to like get through that really tricky, isolating, scary time? Was there a book or maybe reading a book would just make you more overwhelmed? I was definitely doing a ton of research on Google and I would recommend to not yeah. do that because it freaked me out even more. <laughs> And Nick was like, you can't Google about this anymore. Like I was trying to learn everything about mono mono twins. And I was trying to learn everything about mono die twins. And I was starting to join like a lot of different like Facebook groups and see because there is that was somebody that was one thing that a lot of people had told me later on. But it was something that I could done on my own too, as I like seeked out different communities. You know, like there's a lot of twin mom groups on Facebook and the specific type of twins or whatever. And so you can do things like that. That was not helpful though. And <laughs> to be completely honest what was helpful was I was meditating every single day and I would allow myself and I was just and I don't really do that this that often but I was allowing myself to just get 
super clear like with my feelings and like journaling it out and just writing and like allowing myself to like cry if I Mm -hmm. needed to cry or just say whatever it was that was on my mind and not necessarily judging it. I think I still have the book that I was like writing in during that Mm -hmm. time. And and yeah, and so I think that was just really helpful. And Nick and I just told each other this was actually the point where Nick was like, okay, and this was, I totally forgot that we did this, but it was Nick's idea. And after we left and after that first day that we learned that, he was like, okay, he's, we're going to make a priorities list. And so he, we had three priorities for the pregnancy. And he was like, number one is your safety. Number two is like the healthy baby's safety. And number three is like a vaginal delivery. It's like what he was like really stuck on at that time because he knew it was something that was important to me. But I got to the point where it was like, okay, well, whatever is going to be like health, healthy and helpful mm-hmm. for the the girls. But but those were like our three things in the beginning. And so he was like, that's like what's going to guide us. Mm-hmm. And what I, that's how we're going to make our decisions by those like priorities and like almost a values list wow. sort of thing. And yeah, so that's like something that really helped us. And and we just like, talked through it and talked it out and went on a lot of walks if we for however long I could, because even just walking a mile those days was like a lot for me. But yeah, so that that was like really what helped. And I just I slept a lot, like even though it's I was just sleeping all the time because I was so exhausted. So just having a lot of grace with myself yeah. during that time. Would Your body too. was doing a heck of a lot. <laughs> so the sleep is much needed. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet of Nick to have the priorities list. Yeah. And that is just so freaking sweet. Yeah. I love that. So Facebook groups, I am a part of a variety of Facebook groups, but there's a lot that I'm a part of that are specific to mold illness. And we don't need to talk about mold illness right now. But what I mm. wanted to kind of relate is these Facebook groups even social media in general, but specifically Facebook groups, I feel like they are the most fear-mongering, like crazy, judgmental, quote-unquote Karen-esque, just nightmare of a situation, like Mm -hmm. just nightmare. And when I went through the thick of my healing with mold illness, you almost feel sicker, like reading all of this stuff. So Anyways, this brings me into kind of the toxic mommy culture, especially that's on social media. How did you navigate that? And like, how did you prevent the overwhelm from the negativity and just like the chaos and noise? Yeah, yeah. So... (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because like people get so opinionated in groups like that Mm -hmm. too. And so I think number one is like finding the right groups, right? Because I think that people can get really serious. And it's so funny because with babies I found and like pregnancy in general, people almost think that like that people do think that they have an opinion, that they have the right to have an opinion on how you raise your child or how go through pregnancy or whatever, just because you're bringing a new life into this world. It's almost like they think they have a claim on it or something, which is like very interesting. Yeah, frightening. It's like a very weird concept to me. Why do you think the opinion on what I do with my mm-hmm. babies? But so that's like a very interesting thing. But I think that finding the right groups is really mm-hmm. important. And I would always when because Here's the thing is that I think I was a little bit guilty of getting a little bit too deep into it where it could Mm -hmm. be stressful sometimes. I like looking back, I definitely know that because 
with me, I'm somebody that like with something that's new to me, I want information overload. I'm like, I want to know every single little thing about it. And that's how I felt with the twin thing, because I was like, I just felt like I was diving into something that I had absolutely no idea on. So I would read through these like mono die twin mom groups and or I would ask questions or whatever. And what I did to like help to mitigate the noise or anything like that is I would make a list of questions for my doctor of things that I wanted to know. And like my doctor was absolutely amazing. I'm like so obsessed with Mm -hmm. him. And he would either bring me down to earth or reassure me with certain things. And I was like, at the end of the day, like we're putting our trust in our doctor. And that's why I didn't feel the need to have a doula or have anything else because I just trusted my doctor so much. And so I was like, I picked a professional and somebody that's like one of the best and what he does to guide me on this and be there and be my support. So like, I'm going to listen to him over anybody else. But I would bring him these like ideas or questions or whatever would come up or anxieties. And I could email with my doctor too. So it's like I would put together a list of things or I would have a list in my notes app of just like things to ask him to really just navigate. And I think that finding the truth in things, that's like what really helped me and finding like the one source of information that I was actually going to trust and take into account and value and like just ignore all the other noise. But it's not that I was like, not reading other things or not looking into other things or or finding my own opinions on things. It's just that I chose that, okay, at the end of the day, his word is the last word sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and also he was very respectful like of my decisions and what I would want to do and like my approach to things. Like he knows me really well and he knows like that I love like my Pilates. And you know, it's like, for example, like the high risk medicine doctor had told me for the twins, he's like, yeah, like just the first visit, he told me he's like, greatly decrease exercise. And I was like, so what does that mean? That was my question. I was like, I'm a Pilates instructor. What do you mean by that? And he was like, just greatly reduce it. And I was like, okay. And so I talked to my like my OB, like my main doctor, and he was like, you're fine. He's like, exercise as much as you want your body. He listened to your body and I trust you to do that. And I was like, okay, perfect. You know, and so he would just reassure me on those things. And so I think that it's it's okay to be a part of those sort, sorts of groups and things like that. But I think that you need to know when, okay, do you need a break mm-hmm. from it? Do you need a break from like reading it or scrolling online or whatever? Okay. But I think you also need to have who is going to be your trusted source of information mm-hmm. on this topic at the end of the day. And like, who are you trusting on that? Because at the end of the day, people online don't know every single thing about you and don't know your full situation, you know? And I think especially when it comes to things like pregnancy or babies or anything medical like that is there it's so nuanced it's not just oh this worked Mm -hmm, for me mm -hmm. so or this was my situation so like this is how you should do it too no like it's all bio-individual just like how our diets are movement is Mm -hmm. etc so I think that going back to that it's nobody's no one situation is the same either so I think like having that trusted source is really important And it sounds like you had good boundaries, too. Maybe early on, you had to figure out what those boundaries were. But once you established those boundaries and just how you were going to navigate it all and the fact that you had such a great doctor, I'm sure you researched for a doctor for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I would say like recommendations, like my friend had her baby with my doctor. And so 
I actually, before we even started trying to get pregnant, I started going to him. I switched over from like a different doctor over to him because I wasn't like the big on my other doctor okay. before. And because I wanted to like establish that relationship and know that I trusted him and mm -hmm. things like that. And so, yeah, and I had talked to him about what his processes were. And like I, I told him that we were going to be trying and we talked through things like that. And so I think that when you are talking to your doctor, like remember, it's, there's so many options. So it's if there's a doctor that like isn't making your opinions feel valued, isn't making you feel comfortable, then find a different doctor. And I think also something that was really important to me is that he would be the one delivering and he was going to be there throughout the pregnancy and things like that. And that was like what really grounded like my decisions in that. But really just knowing what a good experience, like my best friend delivered her baby with my doctor too. And we have such similar values. And so I knew that and she had the best experience. Mm -hmm. So I knew from that getting that like reference, I would say like for sure, talk to your friends or family or whatever that have had positive experiences that have similar values to you. And I think that's like where you can figure that out. That's awesome. Bounce back culture. Yeah. Bounce back culture is the whole oh other subgrouping of toxic mommy culture. Do you have any tips for bounce back culture? Yeah, it's so interesting because I think TikTok especially is like a very weird, strange place when it comes to this too. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it's one of those things where it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't thing. Like it's like there's no real positive in this with women after pregnancy. It's if you look a certain way, people are like, oh, why don't you look, you know, this way? Why don't you look pre-pregnancy yet? And if you look a certain way, it's, oh, why do you look that way right now? You know, and so I've actually experienced I, I've experienced this where I posted a video on TikTok and it was about like going to my six week checkup and people or there was a few different like negative comments on and I, I commented nothing about my body at all. And people commented on it and were like, there was this one lady that was like, you're shaming women for like looking, looking this way, like six weeks after your baby or whatever. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, and somebody was like, this isn't healthy. You got a tummy tuck or whatever. And I was like, no, I didn't. And also I'm like, for me specifically, I think it's it's such an interesting thing because I think that with with pregnancy, so many people focus in on how you're looking after pregnancy. And I think that it's something that is so nuanced and it's something that every single body handles so differently. And I think that it depends so much on like, what you do before pregnancy, what you do during pregnancy, and what you're doing after pregnancy. And I think overall, like something that I would recommend to anybody and like remind anybody is that your body is probably never going to look the same as it did before. And this is where it's like something where I was like, okay, I actually posted something again on TikTok where I was like, listen, it's so funny. It's like, why wouldn't you want somebody to feel confident in their body afterwards, like of feeling really good? And it's, and also, why are you shaming women so quickly like when they are and like I would probably say that post-pregnancy like the fourth trimester from my experience and I'm sure that most women would agree is probably the most vulnerable time in your entire mm -hmm. life of that fourth trimester and so I think that like people just need to be very 
like careful about what they're saying to people. It's like you're like you could be dealing with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety and all of these things that are going on afterwards. And then for people to comment on your body or whatever, uh, it's just really interesting that people, again, think that they have an opinion on that. But I think that just remember what something that has helped me because I have released the expectation that I am ever going to look exactly that like I did pre-pregnancy. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Like my, I have a new bone in the center of my, like underneath, like in between my rib cage. I'm like, that bone wasn't there before. Like it popped out of somewhere. And just like certain things like that. And it's just my body structure is different. And I think every single woman is dealing with things like that. And so I think that just remembering we birthed a human or humans, plural, and your body did do something that was like incredible. And not to mention, here's something like with the bounce back culture, too. I think that and I think that this is where a lot of the timeline comes from it as well, is that six weeks you go to your checkup, right? And a doctor is, okay, you're cleared to work out. Most of the time, it's like, they'll be like, all right, you're cleared to work out. And it's so funny because then people almost think, oh, you're recovered after those six weeks. And in reality, it's probably going to take a year, maybe two years for your body to like fully recover from that. And the woman's body is absolutely incredible, but it's never going to be completely what it was before. And of course it's not. It just went through like an Olympic-like event Mm -hmm. for a year for a year, which is insane. So it's, of course, your body isn't going to be the same after going through a stressful event like that. Pregnancy is a stressful event. So I think that remembering that and also remembering that just to really tune out that noise and get rid of that six-week idea, because I think that so many people think, oh, yeah, well, you're like recovered. You're like good to go, right? And no, like things are still moving back into place. Like your bones are still finding like where they're supposed to be again. And like just you're still it takes a really long time to regain core strength, to regain strength in different areas. Not to mention, too, you're navigating a completely different life and schedule. Like what I love to be able to move my body in some way every day. Yeah. Does it happen every day? A hundred percent. No. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen for me every day anymore because I have twins like it's there's that made they require a lot of attention. So it's some days I'm able to make it work. Some days I'm not. So I think like giving yourself grace is really important and just ditching that idea of that six week timeline. I think that's where a lot of people in our society like put that pressure on women. And I think that it's a beautiful thing that like we gave birth. It's a beautiful thing that our bodies look different. It's a beautiful thing. And I think just remembering that and it's so funny because I've actually taken the approach where I've never been more confident in my body than I have post-pregnancy because I'm just so proud of it and what it was able to do and like the little miracles that it was able to give me. And I think that it's I've been able to cultivate like a brand new relationship with my body. And that's like the lens that I would really encourage anybody to see through. And I know that it's easier said than done. But I just look at those little faces and I'm like, this is freaking incredible. And I think having a really good support system around you, too. Like Nick talks me up Mm -hmm. every day. He's you're incredible. Like you gave us these incredible gifts. And so I think that having that like really good energy around you as well is like really important. That is the most beautiful testimony ever. And also just so helpful for everyone listening. This has been a pleasure yet again. Before we wrap this up. Anything new and exciting? I mean, besides the super exciting thing of being a twin mom, anything 
new and exciting going on <laughs> with Purely You, Purely Pope. Yeah, on Purely You, there's, of course, there's still, there's a ton of prenatal workouts on there too, prenatal Pilates stuff. And then I'm actually working on a postnatal program as well. So just posting some things on there and just helpful things. That's definitely coming soon too there. So I've been filming a lot of different like postnatal uh, movements and things like that because I think there's so much, you know, information out there where it's like you could you can injure yourself very easily and like work in the wrong direction with with fitness if you're not like careful and kind and gentle and moving slow with your body postpartum and post-pregnancy. So I think that's really important. So I'm working on that. So that's definitely coming soon to Purely You as well. And yeah. And then, of course, like the podcast is every other week now. I had to change that schedule to to work with my new normal, my new schedule. So that is always coming out, too. And then just you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that sort of thing. So that's all the newness that's coming. It's just like the postnatal program and all new things. I think I'm going to launch a new challenge soon, too, for Purely oh, You. How exciting. And for the audience listening, can you also just shout out the what they should the handles what they should search to find you on those platforms so just purely pope on tiktok instagram and youtube as well and then the purely podcast wherever podcasts are found on apple spotify everywhere awesome so. thank you thank you one more thing before you go are you subscribed to lifelong podcast have you left a rating and review are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.